Welcome to Accelerate Your Business Growth, where we're exploring all sorts of business topics. Experts from around the world join me, your host, Diane Helbig, for a conversation where they share their expertise with all of you. Take what you need, when you need it. Featured on Inc.com, Forbes, and MSNBC's Your Business, this podcast is recognized as one of the best podcasts for small business, sales, leadership, social media, and more. When it comes to business, Accelerate Your Business Growth has got it covered. And now on with the show. My guest today is Kevin Donlin. Kevin has been in marketing since 1994 when he may have sold the first ebook online. The former webmaster for FedEx.com, he's a marketing advisor and copywriter for clients nationwide, delivering sales gains of over a million dollars on multiple occasions. The author of three books on marketing, he's been interviewed by ABC TV, Fox News, NBC TV, CBS Radio, The Wall Street Journal, Fortune, Entrepreneur, and many others. And he was a previous guest on this podcast, and I'm thrilled to have him back. Thanks so much for being here today, Kevin. You're you're very welcome, Diane. It's a pleasure to be back joining you today. It is great to have you here. And today we're going to be talking about client cloning, mm-hmm. which sounds fascinating. Uh, <laughs> so what is it? <laughs> um, it's a concept I stumbled onto years ago. It, it's basically um, kind of the secret sauce of some of the most profitable businesses you may have never heard of. Most folks listening to this have heard of Bain & Company. Founded by Bill Bain. <clears throat> what people may not know is that they had an incredible uh, rate of growth. It was forty uh, percent a year for over two decades. Wow. I got that information from a terrific uh, author by the name of Richard Koch. He wrote the eighty twenty principle. He was also an employee at Bain, so they had a lot of very smart people there. But the the uh, they ended up topping out, I think, at uh, four point five billion dollars. After maybe 35 years in business, it worked out to about $428,000 per employee. Incredibly profitable. His, his, his strategy was, you know, I have no idea why everyone's interested in new clients. That's a direct quote from Bill Bain. And he said, we don't need new clients. We should have built-in growth from existing clients if we're doing our job correctly. That is the sum total of what we're going to talk about for the next 30 minutes or so. It's basically you do your job right and it's not working harder. It's working smarter. But if you're already delivering a good product or service and your clients are competent and you want to clone the best ones, you can do that without advertising in almost every case. You need some outside advertising, of course, to get, you know, the car going down the road. But once you've got some movement going, um, you can clone your best clients by doing just a few things differently. I can give people about six different ways. It's basically growth from the inside out. So we can talk about uh, those six ways today uh, or anything else related to that. No, let's do that. But but before we do that, I want to mm-hmm. make sure that I ask you this question. Sure. Um, does this apply to any kind of business, any industry, or do you think there's like particular ones where this works exceptionally? So it's going to be a business. I like to say clients because there's a perception between clients and customers. If you think you have customers, this may not work for you Okay. uh, because clients are people who are under your protection. It's an old Roman term. 
And, you know, people who owe, you're protecting them. You're looking out for their best interests. In legal terms, we'd say you have a fiduciary interest in their good, in their well-being. So financial advisors, you have clients. Attorneys, you have clients. But you know what? An auto repair shop can have clients if they're doing the very best work possible and they're communicating with people and they're encouraging referrals. They're using testimonials. Some of the things I'll talk about today, they can talk to any, they can help any business if you think you have clients. So it's really, it starts in your mind. If you think you have customers who are there for a transaction, like you have a roadside Apple stand and people on their way to another state stop once and never again, then you have customers. But if you think you have clients, you probably do because you're taking care of them on a different level and yeah. you want repeat business and referrals. So yeah, we could do a 30 minute talk about the difference between <laughs> clients and customers. It's big. It's a small, it's like, you know, when you start off in an airplane and if you have a one degree difference from takeoff after a thousand miles, you'll be in a completely different continent, even though it was a small start, you know, change at the beginning. Wow. So it's the same thing with your business and your mind. If you've got a, if you think people are clients or customers, it seems like a small difference. But over the long haul, you'll end up in a completely different p- place in your business if you think you're serving clients and treating them as such. Does that make sense? It does. It makes a lot of sense, and mm-hmm. I'm so glad I asked the question. So, Very good question. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for that. So let's dig in. What is the first element of client cloning? Sure. So I want to go. So I used to be a teacher. So in classroom, I would tell you what I'm going to teach you and then I'll teach you and then I'll tell you at the end. So here are the six things. It's uh, retention, reactivation, referrals, testimonials, case studies, and then endorsement letters, kind of in that order. So let's start at the beginning with retention. What can you do to keep clients hanging around longer? It's basically plugging the leaky holes in your bucket, your revenue bucket, because if you've got client churn, uh, there's a Freudian slip. If you have customers, you may have churn, but if you have clients, you're probably taking better care of them. So stop the churn. One simple way to do this, and please don't think this is too simple to try, is showing appreciation with a thank you note or a welcome box to new clients. I just spoke with a prospective client last week, and I used to tell a story of a $10,000 thank you note because you know a, a personal trainer I was advising, he sent thank you notes to his clients. One of those women took a picture of the thank you note, posted it on Facebook, and he got $10,800 in new business about two weeks later. Wow. So that was a thank you note. Not only did he retain that client, but he got referrals. Well, this woman I just spoke with last week, one of her clients did commercial window washing, and he had gotten several hundred thousand dollars from a client over the years. He never met the guy and barely acknowledged his business very transactional. He was treating his clients like customers. So she convinced him to do a few things, starting with mailing the guy a thank you note. And a couple months later, there were a few things other that he did, but it started with a thank you note. Guy got a quarter million dollar project from the, the past client who I believe had never reordered it recently. So did the thank you note produce $250,000 in revenue? Maybe, maybe not. Did it Did it help? Absolutely. So just showing clients tangible appreciation, something they can hold in their hands. A thank you note is a bare minimum. I send all my clients a new client welcome box, which you can just imagine a whole bunch of goodies in a box. That's what I send my people. So that's the start is retention. There are many other things, of course, but really the perception that, hey, I care for you. I care about you. It's not a transaction with me. This is the start of a relationship. If you can prove that tangibly on paper or in a box or in person, you're on the road to react retention rather. So that's the first idea is retention. Hmm. 
Um, stop me at any time. Oh, I will, I'm, but keep going. <laughs> I am excited and I'll just go. So reactivation is the second one. This is basically going back to those leads you thought were dead and they hadn't answered your emails. And it also means reactivating clients who haven't purchased from you in a long time. And so it, it can be as simple as there's a nine word email that I've used. I didn't invent this, but I'll give people the wording. It's It's called the nine word email. And this reactivates prospective clients who haven't bought from you yet, but they've gone dead. They haven't replied to your emails. The The subject of the email is Diane and the body is Diane. Are you still thinking about growing your business? Diane, are you still thinking about reducing your taxes? Diane, are you still thinking about cleaning the windows on your rental property? So it's basically just asking an open-ended question that's a yes, no question, but you're just trying to jumpstart that conversation that has gone dead. And you've, you know, you've sent big PDFs and you've had video conversations and nothing has panned out this little nine word email. Cause that's the average length that absolutely can restart conversations with inactive leads and it produces new conversations that lead to revenue. So reactivating, just going back to people and asking them, are you still interested in, are you still looking for, are you still thinking about, it's a very disarming email and it's so simple. It's like a text. You're compelled to reply to it because it's so short yeah. and that that's worked for me and for others for years. Again, I didn't invent this, but I've used it with, with great results. I also do a variation of this. I'll mail something to people. It's a bit of a longer letter, but it, this is something that you can send to past clients who have stopped buying from you. And it's basically pointing out to them, hey, you've ordered X, but have you considered Y, Z, and A and B? There are some other options available. And it's basically pointing out all the, it, for many people, they've got more services than most clients will will purchase. If you've got you know four or five consulting services, a lot of clients may only buy one or two. If you can just send a friendly letter to those clients pointing out, other ways that you can help them. A certain percentage will always buy hmm. if you've been serving them well. So this is a way to reactivate, you know, inactive clients. You maybe could call this, you know, cross-selling, selling them something else. But it's basically that whether you're trying to reactivate prospects or inactive clients, the whole point of this is to start a conversation. And in that conversation, you can point out solutions that you think can help them. And that's where the sales happen. But no right. one can buy from you if they're not talking to you, right? So yeah. by reactivating, you're trying to jumpstart conversations, and that's where you get new sales. It's it's predictable. I've seen it work for for over a decade. Wow. So that's the second idea. And this is again everything I'm talking about here. There's zero ad spend. These are clients yeah. you've already paid to acquire. You know your biggest uh, outlay is going to be postage or your time. But a lot of this you can delegate to a staff member, right? So. The third idea is uh, referrals. Now, we all know about referrals, um, but anything you can do to promote referrals is going to be better than waiting for them to happen. Certainly, we all expect referrals to happen, but I'll give you two ways to make them happen on a bigger scale more uh, predictably. One is to stay in touch with your clients every month by mail. And when I ask, you know, 10 consultants or business owners, founders, presidents, you know, do you, do you have a monthly newsletter? They say, yeah, I sent out an email. I say, yeah, newsletter. I mean, is there something that you print on paper and mail? And sometimes they'll still come back and say, yeah, we email people. And they get, it has a huge disconnect. <laughs> I'm asking, do you print stuff and mail it with a stamp? And sometimes it takes two or three questions for them to say, oh, no, we don't do that. Nobody does that. 
And so that's the point, actually. Yeah. <laughs> is, you know, what's in your mailbox now that's worth reading? It's mostly bills. And any newsletters you do get are from your CPA, your dentist, and it's all about how to reduce your, you know, I get a, a quarterly letter. It's it's very long from my CPA. It's beautiful. It's completely irrelevant to my life because they're telling me how to save money on taxes. That's what I pay them to do so that I don't have to think about it. Why are you reminding me of why I hate taxes? You know, I suppose that's a positive. It's going to make me say, yeah, you do this crap for me, but I'm not going to waste 20 minutes reading about taxes. Right. So- what I like to do for myself, and I advise my clients on this, I actually, it's two words, newsletter. It's, it's, it's not a newsletter, one word. It's a letter with news in it. So it's typically one page, and I will send two or three of my best, most recent ideas to clients, along with a reminder of, you know, thank you for your referrals this month, Diane and Craig and Steve. I'll name the people who have referred to me. So a, by staying in touch with people tangibly, I'm reminding them I exist and that my ideas are pretty good and that they should feel good about doing business with me. B, in this newsletter, I'm also showing my latest referrals that I've received. And so I'm showing people, hey, people refer others to Kevin. Maybe this is something I should do. Look, I can see my name in print. I mean, there's an ego thing there, but I'm training people that referrals to Kevin are uh, a regular thing. They happen wow. all the time. Yeah. I love that. So, yeah. And, it's, it, you know, people will do more of what they think is normal. <laughs> you know, um, if, you, if you're if you on a street and everyone's looking up, then you're going to look up. So if everyone's doing it, you'll, you're going to kind of join in. So uh, every month I'll send out a newsletter. It's two sides of one sheet of paper. And after this uh, podcast, I'd, I don't think I have your current mailing address, Diane. I'd like to put you on my list. But um, every month I get referrals from people who I haven't heard from in months, but right. you know, they've got my newsletter. I just got one two weeks ago, a very high value referral from a guy who gets my newsletter every month. And it's always somebody different. But if you're mailing out, you know, 50, doesn't take a huge amount, a couple hundred perhaps, boom, 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 referrals happen like clockwork. It's not um every single time you mail it out, you're gonna get referrals, but it has a cumulative effect. So any kind of a written communication, and I suggest monthly because people will forget about you. So quarterly is not quite good enough. I always suggest monthly. And all you have to do is figure out what's your average transaction size. If it's three grand, five grand, you know, can you spend $12 a year per person on, in printing and postage? If you turn $12 into five grand, is that a good ROI? Right. Yes, you know. So yeah. the other idea about referrals is to instead of looking for referrals onesie twosie, it's always a good idea to look for referral partners. It's the difference between going to the sink for a glass of water and then, you know, pulling a fire hose into your office and having all the water you want whenever you want. So what I like to do is I think strategically who is talking to my clients before I am. So in my case, as a copywriter and a marketing advisor, these are graphic designers. Um, very often, there are other marketing consultants doing something different, a different part of the puzzle. It could be digital marketers who don't do direct mail as I do. And I don't do digital marketing. So I refer people to those guys. But there's a specific referral partner I have. He's one of America's leading mailing list consultants. He helps businesses find mailing lists, rent them or buy them, you know, people they can mail to. He's been referring clients to me for uh, 13 years, I believe. And he's wow. the guy that sent me a referral last week. And I did the math and I believe it's north of $200,000 in projects now. It could be higher. But this was a guy I met 
I recognized this is a guy I need to know. So I actually saw him speaking at an event 12, 12 and a half years ago. And I was going to talk to him anyway, but because my antenna were up and I was looking for an opportunity, well, lo and behold, we both got on the same elevator, uh, coincidentally, and there was no one else. So I said, Hey, how are you? I loved your presentation. And we talked until we got to my floor. And then we had another conversation at the event. And then we talked again after the event. And then one client was referred to me and then another and then another. And it's been going on 13 years now. So this guy is probably my number one referral source. And he's yeah. a referral partner for me. And guess what? Of course, I send him business. I yep. send it right now. <clears throat> so be on the lookout for referral partners. And this is, again, it's the difference between, you know, um, one or two glasses of water versus digging a well is a better analogy than a fire hose. Would you rather have a couple glasses of water or would you rather dig a well and have water on demand? So referral partners um, is a way to get referrals at scale. And then a monthly newsletter of some sort, anything printed in the mail is another predictable way. So that's half of our six. Wow. If you have any questions, uh, I know I'm going pretty fast here, but um, the next part that I want to dive into is where things can get really fun. And this is where I do a lot of my work as a, as a copywriter. Now, copywriting is really just finding words that sell and putting them in front of a wider audience. Because all my clients who come to me, they already have successful businesses, but they just want to grow. And in many cases, they, you know, they're saying things already that are really winning sales messages, but it's just a matter of refining what they're saying and saying it consistently and, and getting it to a wider audience. That's a lot of what I do. It's a copywriter. But in this case, what I'm going to be talking about is a concept I call the voice of the buyer. And it's based on the idea that you don't have to write great sales messages if you can hear great sales messages. By that, I mean your buyers, your clients are better at selling your business than you are because they're speaking a different language. They're speaking in terms of the problems they want to solve. You're thinking in terms of your solutions most of the time. Here's what I do. But clients and buyers, they're thinking about here's the problem I want to solve. And oftentimes there's a disconnect. So anytime you can um, look through what your clients are saying about you, whether it's reviews online or testimonials, or even better, talk to your clients and just let them talk. You know, why did you do business with us? Uh, what were you looking for? Did you have any doubts about doing businesses with us? There's a list of questions that you can ask. But would you, when you can find the sales messages that your buyers are already saying casually and, and refine them and distribute them at scale, that's when your marketing can really take off. So this first idea... Um, it's about testimonials. Specifically, you want to ask for testimonials strategically. Don't it's it should never be left up to, to chance. But anytime you've done good work for a client, ask them for a testimonial. And then you want to share them on all platforms because sometimes you'll get a review on LinkedIn, for example, but that's not on your website. What do you do? Well, you just copy and paste that text and put it on your website. And if someone reviews you on um, Captera or G2, any of the, uh, you know, website reviews for software companies, for example, find those uh, testimonials, put them on your website, and then also put them on your LinkedIn profile. So a lot of people are sitting on way more testimonials than they know about because they're split all over the place. They're on Yelp, they're on LinkedIn, wherever. So, you know, gather them and share them on all platforms. That's job one. So today, most people can do that and make better use of the testimonials they have. But it's it's a matter of really asking people 
uh, a specific series of questions. What was going on before you found me? You know, what were you thinking before you chose us? Uh, how is it now? But a really good question that I like to ask people, if you're pressed for time, and it's a starting point for really good testimonials, is this question. If you were going to recommend my business to a friend, what would you say to them? And then just shut up. And your clients will say things you would never think of. Um, I just had this the other day is about a mastermind group that I run. And the guy said, I'm paraphrasing here, um, you know, Kevin gives us something to implement right away and we're helping each other. And it's not coaching, it's a mastermind. And we all learn from each other. And these are, you know, little selling points. I can turn those into headlines. Yeah. I can turn those into emails. But this is the voice of my buyer talking. I don't have to wonder what to say. He's saying it. He already gave me his time and money. So I, that, that's an example of how you can use your testimonials. But really, idea number four here is to ask for testimonials and then be sure to share them on all platforms. Because most people aren't asking. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> well, Most people you know, aren't I, doing any of this. No. You know, maybe it's because we're uh, we're modest or... Yeah. That's a best case scenario. The worst case scenario is you didn't think of it or you're being lazy. But if you did good work for the client, absolutely, you should ask them. Yeah. And so, and, and be specific, ask them to be specific. And if they can't tell, then feel free to fill in some dollars and numbers and facts and figures and say, could you correct this to make sure it's accurate? And then all of a sudden they'll have a, they'll remember, yeah, you know, it was this, that, or the other thing, and they'll help you, but you have to do the work for them. So if someone's really got writer's block, just come up with something based on what they've already said and give them a testimonial to start with. But the, part four here, number four is, you know, ask for testimonials and then share them on all platforms. So there are two more um, methods Great. to client. Um, yeah. The fifth one here is to turn your testimonials into case studies for content. We've all seen case studies, but most people haven't actually created and they're kind of intimidated by the idea. They think you have to have a, an MBA from Harvard because Harvard does a lot of case studies. A case study is simply um, a testimonial in depth, more, more time, more, 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 uh, data covered. So what I like to do with the test case study is to do it on zoom and record the thing. And, and you can talk and you can also do it by phone, but I like to just talk with clients on zoom. And if you can do that for about 10 minutes, you've got a really good case study. And it's basically what was going on before what happened and what's your life like now. It's kind of a before, during, and after. And with some other questions, but if you can get people, you know, to, um, to be happy on video and to look comfortable talking to you. I don't know exactly what the percentage is. I believe I read it's 55% of the meaning we get from a conversation is from body language and facial expressions. Mm -hmm. So if you're looking at a video of a happy person, 55% of you is already thinking, hey, this is cool. I like this company, even if you have the, the sound muted. So that's why video is so, pop, uh, so powerful. Wow. So I've got um, you know, video case studies on my website and video testimonials. But if you can get people talking, um, then you can transcribe it and then boom, you've got a written case study. So about a, you know, a 10 minute uh, video interview, if you edit it really tightly, that's three to five pages of a written case study. So that becomes a PDF. Uh, it becomes an article in your newsletter. It becomes some content for LinkedIn. And then of course, here's one that you'll like, Diane, podcast. Um, yeah. If you're talking to your clients who've had good results with you, they should and could, could and should become a podcast guest for you. 
And, you know, if, if you don't do podcasts, if you absolutely can't, well, then tell them to come on your show and talk about their business, but, you know, get them out there somewhere where they can share their story on a podcast, but when in doubt, do it yourself. So podcasts for your own website, they can be transcribed and turned into case studies and turned into uh, content. You're just repurposing this stuff. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, finally take this, the written case studies and it, it can and should be collateral for your next trade show. It's an instant brochure. It's an instant leave behind. If you're going out, going out on sales calls, it's a one sheet that you can leave with prospects. Or if you got three, four or five of them, they can go into a folder. I used to write uh, case studies like this for FedEx back in the 90s when I was uh, uh, a marketing copywriter for a firm down in Minneapolis. And so that's four ways to reuse a case study. But it all starts with a testimonial. So a case study is really just a testimonial writ large. And mm. it's incredibly convincing, especially if you do it on video. So always be on the lookout for clients you can turn into case studies. Now, wow. the, the last one here yes. is one of my favorites. And it's um, turning case studies into endorsement letters. So let's look at our progress over the last three. If you start with uh, testimonials, you can turn testimonials into case studies. That's number five. Number six is turn your case studies into endorsement letters. Now, what do I mean by that? If someone you know goes on about how great you are for 10 minutes on video, that's a very easy two-page sales letter to write. But here's the thing. If, if, if you write the sales letter in the voice of the client who is really happy with you, then it's not a sales letter anymore. It's an endorsement letter. It's, it's kind of a referral on stilts in a manner of speaking. So I did this for a client and we put uh, over $300,000 in their sales pipeline. It's been two years now. I'd, I'd wager we've, I've delivered half a million at least in revenue to this company. Wow. What we did was uh, we took one of their happiest clients and we wrote up a letter from that client to prospective clients. And instead of a sales letter coming from a company, it was an endorsement coming from another end user of the software. So people get these get get a letter like this and their sales resistance is completely gone because it's just like listening to a referral. You're you're listening to another buyer talk about their problems in their language. So I, it was a joy to write because I didn't do a lot of writing. I was mostly editing her comments. And it was basically page one was, here's how bad my life was. And then page two is, here's how good my life became after I started using this software. That, that was the whole um, line. And then it said, you should um, talk to my friend, David. Um, David was the, the VP of marketing. And you know it was not buy now, uh, act now. There, you know, there was no deadline. There was no hard sell language. It was basically, hey, you know, you should talk to my friend David over at the ABC software. And so, boom, people did. And the people who didn't call, they remembered that letter when David made follow up calls. That was very important. You you want to make follow up phone calls if these are very high value prospects, and because people are going to remember an endorsement letter, they'll forget a sales letter, but they all remembered the endorsement letter when David actually called and followed up. So they targeted 24 accounts and had 12 conversations and put uh, $300,000 in the revenue pipeline within 60 days. Typically, their sales cycle was six months, 12 months, but they got their first order, I think, 45 days later. So one of the wow. fastest orders they ever got. And it's because... You know, we didn't use sales letters. We used endorsement letters. And it all started with a case study. Hmm. So those are six ways to grow your business with client cloning. I will recap them. 
And then if you have any other questions, I'm delighted to add, to go on. But it's number one is retain your clients longer. Uh, number two is reactivate the clients who stopped buying and the prospects who stopped responding. Three is promote referrals, especially from referral partners. Four is ask for testimonials and share them on all platforms. Number five is turn testimonials into case studies for content. And number six, turn case studies into endorsement letters. And that is how you clone your best clients. Okay. So this is incredible. I appreciate it. I took a bunch of notes. I do have a question. <laughs> sure. Um, so I I get the progression. Um, so this may sound like a silly question, but if someone's listening and they're saying, mm-hmm. wow, this all sounds great. How do I get started? Is it really first focus on retention or what? Yeah, you know, that's a very good question. I always suggest start with retention because that's the last place you're going to look. And that's where you're leaking money right now. I guarantee you. You've got churn. You've got people who are unhappy. Um, so always start with the retention. And if you haven't ever thanked your clients, there's job. One for you is mail five thank you notes or 710 thank you notes. But do whatever you can to retain your clients, keep them happy, show them appreciation. That's why I start with retention. It's the most overlooked thing, but yeah. it's the easiest money to make because you're simply plugging leaks, right? Mm. So it's kind of urgent. If the money's leaking, if you got right. a leaky pipe, you don't want to wait around. So yeah, yeah, that's why I always start with retention. No, it's not sexy. There's no technology involved. It's boring. <laughs> it may seem like drudgery. Fine. You know, find a kid to write these letters for you. They'll be happy to get a quarter of a letter. <laughs> or thank you. But I mean, yeah, so start with the retention. Very good question. Because that's the last place you'll start otherwise. Right. Right. And then I feel like you're sort of chasing your tail for no matter what it is you're doing. So yeah. 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 And so and the other thing is look, when you retain your clients, you're playing with house money. If you go to Vegas right. and you win on the first hand, hey, you've got some you set the your original stake aside and now you've got house money to play with. So any money that you can recapture that you were losing, that's house money. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's a great point. Okay. Well, Kevin, my gosh, I mean, seriously, this is a wealth of information. I am so grateful that you spent this time with us because this is all meaty, actionable, you know, so great. So please tell the listeners how they can find you. People can find me at my website, which is clientclonesystems.com. You can go there and request a free client cloning kit. I practice what I preach. I like to give away tools just like I give away ideas here today. Um, It's something that I send in the mail because I'm a big believer in being tangible. So uh, if you go to www.clientcloningsystems.com, request a free client cloning kit. And if you tell me and you're going to get an email to ask to confirm, did you request this? Say, yeah, I heard you on Diane's uh, podcast. I'll send you a copy of the client cloning blueprint, which is a 20 page summary of everything we just talked about. I'll send you that free, but you got to mention Diane's name. Wow. Nobody got else. That, folks? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll send it to you after we hang up too, just to prove that uh, it's worthwhile. Oh, very good. Thank you for that. So, and thank you for this. Like I said, I, I really, really appreciate it. you you always have such great information for, for my listeners. So well, you pull you. it out me with good questions. Wow. Uh, And listeners, thank you. You are who we're doing this for. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Accelerate Your Business Growth, a 
production of Evergreen Podcasts. Discover more episodes of this podcast and explore others at evergreenpodcast.com. As always, continue to prosper and be curious. And if you're looking to get your sales strategy headed in the right direction, pick up a copy of Succeed Without Selling on Amazon or wherever books are sold. Until we meet again on another episode of Accelerate Your Business Growth, goodbye and good day. Welcome change agents to your go-to place for stories that ignite your spirit, fuel your purpose, and connect us all. We believe in the incredible power of the human spirit, its boundless resilience, and the inspiration it brings to our lives. On the Driving Change podcast, we'll journey together through the extraordinary yet very relatable experiences of some of the most amazing people on earth. Our mission, that through these stories, we might just spark change within you and awaken a newfound motivation to harness your unique gifts to make a real difference in the world. So get ready to be inspired and join us on this incredible adventure. You can find the Driving Change Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you love listening to your favorite podcasts.